What's up, guys? It appears there's big news out of Congress as a House bill is seeking to abolish the IRS and eliminate the income tax. Are the Keynesians' days numbered? Let's go check it out. So House Republicans devote on bill abolishing the IRS, eliminating the income tax. Fox News Digital has learned that the House will be voting on Georgia Republican Representative Buddy Carter's reintroduced Fair Tax Act that seems to reel in the IRS and remove the national income tax as well as other taxes and replace them with a single consumption tax. The vote on the bill was made as part of the deal between House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and members of the House Freedom Caucus and was pushed forward in this quest for the gavel last week. Quote, instead of adding 87,000 new agents to weaponize the IRS against small business owners in middle America, this bill will eliminate the need for the department entirely by simplifying the tax code with provisions that work for the American people and encourage growth and innovation. Carter continued, armed, unelected bureaucrats should not have more power over your paycheck than you do. As a former small business owner, I understand the unnecessary burden our failing income tax system has on Americans, said Representative Jeff Duncan from South Carolina in a statement. The Fair Tax Act eliminates the tax code, replaces the income tax with a sales tax, and abolishes the abusive IRS. If enacted, this will invigorate the American taxpayer and help more Americans achieve the American dream. The bill further calls for repealing the 16th Amendment, which gives Congress the right to lay and collect taxes on incomes. A vote of that bill, which has 30 co-sponsors, was promised as a part of the deal to get McCarthy the Speaker's gavel. It's not yet clear when the legislation will come to the House floor, but it's unlikely to become law. Proponents of a consumption tax argue the system allows Americans to choose how much they pay in taxes by choosing how much they spend, thus incentivizing savings and investment. How dare they plan for their future and save for their future? Oh, what a sick, sick thing. I mean, how, how dare they save their money in a deflationary currency that is permissionless and censorship resistant. You can do so. The bill comes on the heels of a vote Monday night to claw back $72 billion of some $80 billion in additional funding Democrats gave to the IRS last Congress, much of which is slated to hire 87,000 new IRS agents. The IRS fiscal year 2022 budget request was just a mere $13 billion. Neither bill is likely to find much traction in the Senate, where Democrats currently lead with a 51-48 majority. House Dems are not taking the bill seriously. Quote, it's laughable, Representative Dosa DeLauro told reporters on Tuesday. Asked about DeLauro's comment, Carter told DailyMail.com, quote, our current tax system is a laughingstock and the IRS is the butt of the joke. The only people with something to gain from maintaining a behemoth IRS are the bureaucracy-loving Washington collectivists who want armed, unelected agents to have more control over your paycheck than you do. Now, it's kind of funny for um, the right-leaning people to get very self-righteous after they were on the receiving end of state-sponsored IRS Gestapo tactics, but the IRS can be weaponized based on whichever political party is in power. So whichever way the political winds are blowing, they can politically weaponize the IRS against people they don't like or agree with. Let's go ahead and take a look at... Eight good reasons to abolish the IRS. Many IRS employees haven't paid their taxes themselves. They wasted money making Star Trek videos. They're stealing from taxpayers. They rehire questionable employees. Agents often abuse the public. They're unionized.
as collectivists, and they're doing union work on the taxpayer's dollar. And some, uh, some employees target political opponents. While none of these eight transgressions, though there are many more, individually would be enough to scrap the IRS, it's clear the agency is beset with problems that wouldn't be solved quickly or easily, especially by smirking, condescending, and dishonest commissioners, and we see a bunch of that lately. So even if the government needs some agency to handle the task of collecting taxes, it doesn't have to be the current IRS. It's time to wipe the slate clean and start over with a new, much smaller agency with limited duties and an equally limited budget. In other words, Congress should take Koskinen up in his challenge and abolish the IRS. But, you know, why this so, you know, recently? You could have done this 40 years ago. The great Dr. Ron Paul was educating people on this very issue. This is right up your street, is it not? Failure right. of government. But, but hold on, Congressman. Hold on, hold on a second. Hold on. Look, sure, I'm one of those guys who says, I don't want much government, but I know we need some. But we can never get that element of government that we need to work efficiently or in our favor. I think you'll agree with that. Sir Stewart, I think you're teasing me a little bit. No, we can do without the IRS, we can do without the TSA, and we can do without the VA and do a much better job. So we live without the IRS for 135 years. We've only had the TSA for a short period of time. It has done us no good except give us long lines. And the VA is in shambles because bureaucracy doesn't work. All these are well are proof that uh, bureaucratic management doesn't work. And can we I shouldn't just, try to fix it. Can, we should can, can have I jump an alternative. I, look, I hate to... You know, Rotten Paul had been speaking on these issues since, you know, the 60s, 70s, 80s. But that's Austrian Econ 101. He's a descendant of Mises, Hayek, Hoppe, and the great Austrian economists, especially Ayn Rand, hence the name of his son, Rand Paul. But even back in 2013, Ron Paul gave a speech in a Chilean conference, and his speech focused on the issues of financial freedom based on tweets posted by Jim Rickards. Paul's message was very well received and consistent with his pro-liberty position. Paul said, quote, the same thing will happen to the Federal Reserve as happened to the Soviet Union. The handwriting is on the wall. The system is failing. Ron Paul's campaign to force the Fed to submit to the will of the people and their elected representatives is renowned. As recounted on ronpaul.com, for the past 30 years, Congressman Ron Paul has worked tirelessly to bring much-needed transparency and accountability to the secretive bank. And in 2009 and 2010, his unfaltering dedication showed astonishing results. H.R. 1207, the bill to audit the Fed, swept the country and made the central bankers shudder at their desks. The bill passed as an amendment both in the House Financial Services Committee and in the House itself. Talk about making history. Then in 2012, his final year in the House, Congressman Ron Paul reintroduced the audit the Fed bill, H.R. 459, which passed the House 327 to 98. So how has the Fed done so much damage to the economy? First, the unelected governors of the unconstitutional bank have an absolute stranglehold and monopoly over the flow of our nation's money and credit. Not once since its inception in 1913 has there ever been a thorough audit or an accounting to Congress 
about its activities. During its century-long reign over the financial well-being of our country, the Fed has inflated our currency to the point where, compared to 100 years ago, it is nearly worthless. Meanwhile, Congress has turned a blind eye and deaf ear to the crisis and calls to control it. Since the Fed's inception in 1913, the dollar has lost over 95% of its purchasing power. Most, if not all, of this precipitous decline was caused by the mindless monetary policy of the Fed. The United States of America has been driven to the very edge of a devastating fiscal cliff by the folly of the Fed and the abdication of its authority by an impotent Congress. Together, these factors add up to $31 trillion in debt. Let's go back. In November 20th, 2008, in an interview with the New York Times, Ron Paul said, quote, I want to abolish the income tax, but I don't want to replace it with anything. About 45% of all Fed revenue comes from the personal income tax. That means that about 55%, over half of all revenue, comes from other sources like excise taxes, fees, and corporate taxes. Inflation is transitory in the same way that 15 days will flatten the curve. On May 7th, 2001, Ron Paul published the quote, case against the income tax. He wrote, could America exist without an income tax? The idea seems radical, yet in truth, America did just fine without the Fed for the first 126 years of its history. Prior to 1913, the government operated with revenues raised through tariffs, excise taxes, and property taxes without ever touching a workers' paycheck. In the late 1800s, when Congress first attempted to impose an income tax, the notion of taxing a citizen's hard work was considered radical. Public outcry ensued. More importantly, the Supreme Court ruled the income tax unconstitutional. Only with the passage of the 16th Amendment did Congress gain the ability to tax the productive endeavors of its citizens. Yet we don't need an income tax to fund the important functions of the federal government. You may be surprised to know that the income tax accounts for only approximately one-third of federal revenue. Only a couple decades ago, the federal budget was roughly one-third of what it is today. Surely we could find ways to cut spending back to, say, 1990 levels. So perhaps the idea of an America without an income tax is not so radical. After all, the harmful effects of the income tax are obvious. First and foremost, it enabled the government to expand far beyond its proper constitutional limits, regulating virtually every aspect of our lives. It has given government a claim on our lives and work, destroying our privacy in the process. It takes billions of dollars out of the legitimate private economy, with most Americans giving more than a third of everything they make to the federal government. This economic drain destroys jobs, penalizes productive behavior, and this ridiculous complexity of the tax laws makes compliance a nightmare for both individuals and businesses. All things considered, our founders would be dismayed by the income tax mess and the tragic loss of liberty, which results. You know, it's kind of funny. Those crazy Bitcoiners with tinfoil hats, however, predicted that inflation would return and did so with a vengeance. In Washington, wonks in their dingy offices incorrectly tracked and reported inflation. As a result, many Americans feel inflation is the country's worst concern. President Joe Biden withdrew oil from the strategic stockpiles to lower gas costs, and the Washington establishment is looking for villains from selfish CEOs to Vladimir Putin. A violation of language comes in the phrase quantitative easing, which makes 
makes expanding the monetary base via balance sheet games look like economic science. Investopedia defines inflation as, quote, an unorthodox monetary strategy that involves a central bank buying relatively long-term securities from the market to stimulate lending and investment. After the 2008 financial meltdown, it became trendy. The Fed effectively put itself in a corner, partly because its members are ideologically homogenous politicians fixated on party spending objectives and political conflicts such as defense spending, climate change, and wealth redistribution schemes. Every American pays for the failure. The Fed has not just failed for the past two years. There is a century of failed Fed policies to look back on. They have continued to violate trust while siphoning wealth from the middle and lower classes via the Cantillon effect. You want to end the Fed? Separate the money from state.